Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Standing on the North Bank, the Swansea City podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to another episode of Standing on the North Bank. This is the Swansea City podcast from Wales Online. My name is Matt Davis and I'm joined by Ian Mitchell and Tom Coleman today. Afternoon, chaps. All right. Afternoon, gentlemen. Okay, well, we have the delight of speaking about South Wales Derby victory. And I can tell you right now, it'll be a lot cheerier than the Cardiff one that was on this morning. Um, Mitch, come to you first. Um, it was a derby win. It was a performance of um, intensity that's been missing over the last few weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, I agree. It was a great occasion. The fans were phenomenal, despite what Mr. Warnock says. Um, <laughs> you know, full house, and it was it was just a great occasion. I mean, it wasn't probably as spicy as some previous games have been. You know, it's a championship fixture these days. You know, the last one, of course, was up in the Premier League, but you know. I think just on the day, Swansea were the better side in, in every department. They wanted it more. They played Cardiff off the park and the threats that Cardiff did have, the ones that Swansea fans were probably most worried about, Swansea nullified them brilliantly. So, yeah, great occasion, great win and probably the only disappointment was that it wasn't a bit more uh, comfortable in the scoreline. Well, it should have been, shouldn't it, really? If the scoreline flats, Cardiff, Tom? Oh, yeah, I mean, my certainly. I think um, Steve Cooper had... Uh, said beforehand, you know, one of his disappointments about the season was Swansea haven't dominated a game from start to finish. And I think it'd be very difficult to argue that there was any point in that game where Cardiff looked like they were on top, um, particularly in midfield. I mean, I, I suppose we sort of knew that Swansea were going to dominate in the middle of the park anyway. But I mean, in terms of chances created, I mean, Selena had a couple of golden opportunities. Uh, Andre Ayew, I think, missed one as well. So yeah, it could it could and perhaps should have been more, um, but yeah, I mean, as as Ian said, it, it did perhaps lack the spice of the south of a traditional South Wales derby. I think there was only one booking, um, in fact, which is quite rare for a derby game. Eighty four minutes in yeah, as well. Eighty four minutes in as well. Incredible. But you know, on the whole, uh, just a great day all round for Swansea, and you could see how much it meant to Cooper afterwards. I mean, he came in and he was absolutely buzzing when he came into the mm. press room. The, cel- the celebrations were phenomenal, weren't they? Not just the the fans, but the the players, the the staff, everybody. You know, you could see Marge, Martin Margotson, Mike Marsh. They were giving it large, and it was just it just shows what it means. And yeah, it was we haven't seen celebrations like that. And of course, there was the, the huddle at the end as well. Yeah, Steve Cooper's fist bumps were back. So yeah, it was it was, it was brilliant. The good thing about that was is it, it didn't feel like a stunt either. Not the at all. No. Or the, or natural, the fist bumps or anything. It didn't feel like it was sort of playing up to the fans. It didn't mm. quite did feel quite organic and I think you know there is um, there's a level of togetherness there that, that goes well beyond on the pitch I mean Ollie McBurney and Graham Potter thought it appropriate to pop along as well so it just goes to show how far reaching the influence of, of, of this football club goes mm. you think 
I think only sort of one team seemed to know that it was a South Wales derby. The Swansea were that much better in every single department. I just wonder whether the fact that you've got players like Dyer and Routledge who had played in South Wales derby before, you've got... I don't know, within the Cardiff squad, perhaps people, players that don't perhaps know so much about the the importance of this fixture. Uh, yeah, I know where you're coming from. I mean, to have those two in there, they played in the last one, both scored in it, the, the Liberty under Gary Monk's first game, wasn't it? So um, that experience is absolutely invaluable in these type of fixtures. And you know, you look elsewhere, Andre Ayew playing up front, um, Kyle Morton instead of Connor Roberts, there's more experience there. Uh, you know, he's actually bit hard done by Conor Roberts I felt but you know it's that again it's that experience of knowing what this not just a big fixture but this particular one Cardiff didn't really have that in their team um, so I do think there was an element of the, the old guard playing their part but at the same time funnily enough I've just spoken to Steve Cooper about it we were recording on Thursday after his press conference ahead of the Wigan game that um, yeah, he says they were in there for more than just their experience that they're out and out wingers and they felt that that was part of a uh, a plan where they could hurt Cardiff and you know they certainly did that I thought both of them particularly Routledge but yeah Dyer and Routledge they were they were they were very good in the same mould as they came back into the team at Brentford and the Graham Potter last year so they've got a big part to play as you know as the most members of this squad at the moment which is it's refreshing that they can come in and, and do that yeah. I mean yeah, the interesting thing for me was you said obviously there's not no one in that Cardiff team perhaps used to games like this but surely Neil Warnock is like Neil Warnock must know what that sort of game was and you know his his comments today well I think you know we've said it before we recorded like they were the sort of comments that he perhaps should have made mm. beforehand so it did kind of I don't want to dwell on how bad Cardiff were because I think that kind of takes away from from how good good Swansea were but I think it, there was definitely a sense that that kind of sort of froze like a, the whole rabbit in headlights type thing, and I mean, the the pace of IU against the the, the two centre backs Flint and Morrison. I mean, just turn them inside out, and it it seemed like quite a simple game plan, um, and you know you could tell Cooper had really kind of studied exactly how you know Cardiff had set up in terms of. I mean, I know that, that they surprised quite a few people by going two up front, but defensively you could see that Cooper had really done his homework and had set his team up accordingly. Yeah, I, I think tactically, not just Steve Cooper, but the, you know, the whole coaching staff, they got it absolutely spot on. Six changes, um, so he's, he's kept it fresh. But the, the one that was pivotal to it all for me was Andre going to the number nine. It meant Bursant Selinico go back to the 10 in his best <coughs> position. It meant they had two out-and-out -out wingers wide. I just think he, he absolutely nailed it. And Andre Ayo, I mean, he's getting he's, he's been in a really good run of form now for you know, probably a good month or so. Mm. But for me, that was his best performance of the season so far in terms of the 90 minutes. And and as Tom alluded to, it was probably the most complete Card um, Swansea performance in, against Cardiff over the whole 90 minutes. What do you think that means for Borja Baston then moving forward? Yeah, it's quite... away this week, weekend. Yeah, it's quite damning really in a way. But again, I, I've just spoken to Steve Cooper about Andre Ayew and he's, he didn't say his best position is a number nine or a ten or a wide he says he can play in a number of roles as he did with Celine it's just match by match basis so for all we know at Wigan he could be back on wide right and Borca or Sam Surge could, could be up top he, he may go with the same as he did on Sunday we don't know but yeah. I think one thing with Steve Cooper that's become evident is don't read into what he's done for one game for the next because 
they very much prepare on a match by match basis, and that means there's there's going to be changes and tactical tweaks all the time. Which you, you, it just sounds so obvious, but that's that's the way it is, and it's not always the case. Some you know you win a game, you, you, some people will think right, you stick with the same eleven, but it's not it's not how um, the current coaching staff see it. Having, having said that, though, I mean, in the case of Selena, Sunday, I mean, there's been a lot of fans who have been sort of crying out for him to play that number ten role. And those those calls are only going to get louder after Sunday, aren't they? Yeah, I agree. I, th- I thought he was um, really effective in the middle, but like I say, it helped having two out and out wingers either side. And whereas is Andre a, a right winger? Yes, he can play there, but he's not a traditional winger who's going to go to the byline and, and whip the ball in. On the same thing as Bersan Salini, he can beat a man, but he's that's not what he always does on a game by game basis. So I think that helps him when he plays more centrally and. But yeah, no, I do agree. I thought he was um, he was excellent as well. There was there was no poor performances. It was a great collective performance and a lot of individual good displays as well. I know Tommy, you said that we don't want to focus too much on Cardiff, but I do want to sort of touch on. I was quite surprised by their their setup and how poorly they performed. Now, is that down to their own inefficiencies, <coughs> or was it because Swansea played them off the park in virtually every single department? Uh, I think it. Not to be, not to sit too much on the fence, but I think it's probably a mixture of, of the two, to be honest. Um, I wasn't that fence, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only surprise I, I really had in the way they set up was two up front, because Neil Neil Warnock away from home doesn't particularly like to go too gung ho in terms of how he sets his team up, teams up attacking wise. But I mean, in terms of how he set up the midfield, I mean, they haven't really dictated a, a game in midfield all season. Um, and you could probably argue beyond that under Neil Warnock. So I wasn't massively surprised on, on that point. The bit that did surprise me was they just got the basics wrong. I mean, they, they could barely string two passes together. I mean, there was a there was a free kick that Joe Rouse took. Uh, I think it was early in the second half. Tried to take it quickly on the halfway line. Boots it straight into into touch. And, I th- and that just summed Cardiff up. I do think that the atmosphere, or, must, or the fixture itself, must have... Got to a few of the a few of the players. I mean, well, Neil Etheridge in particular. Mm. I mean, he looked well, very, very. I don't know what was going on there. Some of his and, kicks. You know, if you're looking at that at the point of view, point of view of saying Andre Ayew, mm. you're playing under that sort of atmosphere. You know, you're going to sense blood when you see a keeper kicking like that. But yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, Swansea's back four weren't really troubled most of the afternoon. No, um, funnily enough, I, I was. We were talking about Freddie Woodman in the press conference, and um, we were saying how, you know, he had one sort of real save. He had two sort of half-ish decent saves from Sean Morrison, but the one with from Gavin White in the second half, and and Steve Cooper's response was just that yeah, he expected to make it. It would have been a, a wonder goal if he scored from there, and you know it shows you how little Cardiff did, even when they had a bit of pressure in the second half. Um, Mendes Lang with his pace beat Norton a few times, but. There was nothing on, you know. There was no good deliveries that Glatzel or Ward could get onto, and like I say, you know, Tom's mentioned that you don't want to focus on Cardiff because Swansea were the were the better side and deserved to win. So, um, back the back four were, were, were superb. Ben Wilmot, where do you even start with him? What a performance! Yeah, you know, I know he scored the winner, but um, it's just a great performance. I watched him in the League Cup games against uh, Northampton and Cambridge. Obviously, couldn't play against Watford in the third round. With it being his parent club, but he he just looks a real talent. He's a a, phys, a big physical player. He he's a great footballer as well. Mm. 
and he's, he's already a hero in these parts. It's great to see him step up, obviously, in Joe Rogan's absence. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was a hammer blow in the in the press conference, was it? Um, press conference afterwards, it was revealed that he was um, facing facing surgery, which he's had this week. Yeah, so he was obviously emerged after the game because initially I think it was hoped that he would be able to play and then he had a scan Joe Roden had a, a, a scan after that Brentford defeat on his ankle and it, it turned out that he's had a, another problem and he's had surgery in London on Tuesday this week which was a success which is great news for him and obviously for Swansea and Wales as well um, but the, the, the sad news is it's looking like he's going to be out for around three months which is going to be end of January early February so yeah, massive loss, and you know you only wish him all the best in his recovery because he's been phenomenal this season um, and last season as well. But you know, one one door shuts, another one opens, and Ben Wilmot took his chance on Sunday. And he's got a, you know, if if he if he stays in there, you know, Swansea really rate Ben Cabango highly as well. So he's we could see some of him, but at the moment it looks like Ben Wilmot's the man, and he's got a he's got big shoes to fill, and he he started well. That's yeah. uh, that's the one positive. But this is almost like a Cameron Carter Vickers situation from from last season when Roden picked up a was it another ankle or a foot knock? Wasn't it? Uh, it was against Sheffield United. Was that metatarsal? I, I can't think, remember. Yeah, it I was a foot first. injury. Yeah. And Cameron Carter Vickers then came in and knew that he was going to be in the starting lineup for a prolonged period. So this is going to be Wilmot's Wilmot's chance to really sort of nail his colours to the mast. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, obviously we've mentioned Ben Cabango, but I don't really, I don't really see him getting in ahead of Wilmot at the moment. Um, I think the, the, the only link, the only concern really in, in terms of Wilmot's point of view is, um, you know, it, Mitch probably knows more about this than I do. But I mean, in terms of his loan agreement with Watford, could Watford bring him back? Um, you know, things aren't going particularly well for them up in the Premier League at the moment. Yeah, and they're going to be looking at those sort of performances and thinking, you know, can we can we get him back on board? Yeah, exactly. Fans were funnily enough quick to raise that after the game on Sunday, and even Watford fans were, were chipping in with that as well. But um, to the best of my knowledge, they do have a recall clause, which is standard for a loan agreement. Um, Swansea will be dead against that surely now. The absolutely, fact got no apart from Cabango. I mean, that's going to leave them extremely short at the back. Exactly. Lose him. Yeah, but at the same time, he's still only 19 years of age, Ben Wilmot, and you know it's probably in everyone's in best interest—not just the player, but the two clubs—that he stays in the Championship and plays week in, week out. Yes, Watford have had a, a bad start in the Premier League, but suddenly recalling a player who's not really played much for you from the Championship—is that going to solve it? That's probably you know probably more inclined to delve into the market in January to to solve that, or you know obviously the change of manager there. That's probably something that they're going to be looking at to do on the training ground in the near future so yeah I think you know, I don't think anybody at Swansea is too worried about that I was going to, I was going to say I mean, Cooper doesn't seem massively worried about Roman being out for, for, for so long um, I, I, I'm not entirely sure what you're coming from there but I mean it's, a, it's an enormous loss he, he knows that and, and everyone at the club does but I think he's happy in that he does have that cover with Wilmot Cabango Obviously, the problem now is if anything else happens, heaven forbid to anyone else, or you know, Mike Van der Horn, if, if something happens with him, you lost a lot of experience there as well. So, touch wood, there's, there's no further issues. But, you know, it's it shows that some of the recruitment in the summer, people might have looked at it and thinking they were a bit short, but it's, it's sort of, we're starting to see that it it's maybe was a little bit better than people might have first thought. 
and a word quickly on the actual goal itself. Steals in, lovely. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's a, it, 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 as Cooper said afterwards, it, it was a move straight off the training ground. Um, there was that great video that I think Tom shared, <laughs> playing the short corner and the uh, Swansea fans going a bit, voicing their displeasure at it being played yeah. short, and then you know obviously it's dinked in brilliantly by Routledge and a lovely, lovely glancing header. What was interesting as well is that they very nearly scored a second with a, what was almost a carbon yeah. copy of the first goal. So I think, you know, as I said earlier about doing their homework on Cardiff, they clearly sort of picked out weaknesses that they could exploit. And I mean, Cardiff just could not seem to could not seem to deal with it all afternoon. Um, but yeah, well taken goal, thoroughly deserved. And uh, yeah, as I said said before, it was a, just a great great afternoon for for Swansea fans. Um, I know we've 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 talked about uh, Freddie Woman, um, but. I did like his celebrations at the end as well. He was uh, he was loving it in front of the stand, wasn't he? He fully embraced it, and it's great because you know he's a young lad. He's on his fifth loan, I believe, away from Newcastle now, which is remarkable for such a, a young goalkeeper. And bear in mind, goalkeepers that they say don't tend to mature until a bit later on in their careers compared to outfield players. But he's just become a cult hero. I mean, that penalty save at Derby in the second game that certainly helped. But yeah, five clean sheets now, which is the second best in the league behind Kiko Kassir at Leeds he's got seven so a welcome clean sheet he, he played his part and he's just as I said cult hero he, the fans seem to adore him and you can see why because he's a really confident young man very good goalkeeper and he's got a looks to have a great career ahead of him and it's a pity that it's only a season long loan so we'll see what, what happens over the course of the, the next few months I think though if there was any chance of getting him full time Tom you think they'd take it considering they're going to have Norvelt and Mulder out of contract. Is that um, right yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's as you say. I mean, we've we've gone from. I mean, there was a situation last season where everyone was talking about, oh, is it going to be Mulder? Is it going to be Norvelt? Mm. And you know, that question was probably the only criticism you could make of Potter is that he didn't quite answer that question. Um, and obviously, Cooper's now blowing it completely out of the water by bringing bringing women on board. But as you, if as you say, you know, they could end up from going with two very very good keepers or two keepers I should say that can compete for a first team place uh, to then having three and then having none so I mean it's it, I think if he is available beyond the end of the season they've got it's something they've got to look at what sort of price he'd be available for I don't know would yeah. Newcastle be selling him the noise is coming from from the North East suggests that they wouldn't be massively keen on selling him um, I know Martin Dubravka up there signed a six year deal but I think he is still very highly rated by the uh, by the folks up there. So, surely the, the the carrot, Mitch, of game time, rather than sitting on the St James's Park bench, would would appeal. Yeah, I mean we're seeing that at the moment, aren't we? But then, you know, if he continues to grow and develop, then it's the same as Ollie McBurney, Daniel James. I mean, you want to play at the highest level, don't you? Steve Cooper was saying the exact same thing about Joe Roden today when. He was asked about reported interest in the defender from Sheffield <coughs> United. So um, I think we've got to just live in the here and now, enjoy him while we can. Yeah. Enjoy his good performances, hope he keeps on delivering them because you know a dip in form might happen here or there with the team, as we've seen. Individuals, it can happen as well. So just enjoy his development and while he is playing well, um, you know, best of luck to him. Um, so we've got Wigan uh, away this weekend in the early kickoffs. 
Yeah, 12.30 on Saturday. And we were discussing before, uh, me and Tom, were that this the win over Cardiff kind of means nothing unless they kind of back it up now against uh, against Wigan. Um, we've touched on, you know, the, the improvement that we saw against Cardiff because, you know, make no, no mistake, in the four or five games before the derby, Swansea weren't really at the races, they weren't clicking. No, so something does seem to have changed a little bit in the, in the last or since the first international break after they beat Leeds. I think it's two wins in nine since then in all competitions, two wins in eight in the league. And and yet if they win on Saturday, they could be top for, albeit just for a couple of hours. It shows you how good their start was. So um, even in some of those poor, poor, poor performances, sorry, um, you know, they got a, a point away at Bristol City, clean sheet there. Reading at home was a disappointment not to win. So you know, they have picked up some points here and there. Obviously the home defeats were the, the killers really, weren't they? The, particularly that Brentford and the Stoke ones. But um, yeah, I mean, you're going to get slumps in this league. You can't play 100% Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday for eight, nine months of a, of a season, wherever it is, 46 games. It's, it's an absolute slog, this division. And, and Steve Cooper knew that even when they were winning games week in, week out in August. Yeah. He kept saying, just keep grounded. We know there's going to be a, a blip and you've got to just... That's when you find out more about your squad and I think he's probably found out that they've actually got a lot of bottle in them. They won't fold and they've proven that with, you know, a really good win in the derby, a dominant win as well. And But yeah, it comes back to that question you asked. I mean, it's, it's so important to go up to Wigan now and get a, a positive result. They're no mugs, they're really good at, on um, at the DW Stadium. Got a good record there this season, so it's not going to be easy, but it's, um, yeah, Swansea's away form is excellent, so there's no reason why they can't go up there and get all three points. Talks, Tom? Um, Cardiff fans won't particularly like me saying it, but I actually think this will be a more difficult game for for Swansea. Oh, yeah, totally, <laughs> I mean, totally agree. Because as Mitchell says, you know, they we're going to be in great form at the DW. I think I think they've won the last three at, at home. Yeah, they've got a great record there. Um, went down to Bristol City, scored two. Okay, two uh, finishing a two-all draw, but I mean, they are a team that can. That can score goals, and um, you know, I I watched them against Cardiff, funnily enough, and um, you know, there, there were a few players there that really, really impressed me. Jamal Lowe, uh, Kiefer Moore, who I'm sure many Swansea fans will be uh, familiar with, following his exploits for Wales. Same with Lee Evans, who uh, who actually scored that day against Cardiff. So they they have players who can who are capable of of, of hurting Swansea, and um, you know, I think. I don't think Swansea are going to see as much of the ball as they're doing on Sunday. I think Wigan may well um, try and get more of a foothold in, in the centre of the park than, than, than Cardiff did. So, yeah, I, 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 as I said, I just think it's going to be a trickier game for Swansea, particularly um, you know, with that. I don't know. I, I guess it's, is there a bit sort of is there a bit of added pressure coming on the back of a derby win because I, I mean they, they, well, they yeah, they've got to, they've got to kind of back it up now which is the not the whole point of it but it's a different kind of pressure yeah isn't it? There's, you know, there's always pressure but because I thought, well I think on Sunday as well I mean Cooper must have been looking at that and thinking you know this is what is possible from us this is exactly the sort of thing that's been lacking for the last few weeks yeah. and now that's the benchmark that we've got to try and live up to and that in itself comes with a bit of pressure I think but yeah I mean all, all for me all the signs point to a trickier game um, Mitch do you want to give us the team news yeah so 
impressive. Yeah, so obviously no Joe Roden. Aldo Kalulu's back in training this week, um, but he's still actually a couple of weeks away from, from game time, which is a bit of a blow for him. We've not seen him since the Preston game in August. So, um, yeah, I think he's hoping to play for the under-23s in around a fortnight. Uh, so he's out. And then elsewhere, the only other one is uh, Erwin Mulder, who's broken a finger in training, I believe. So, um, But he wasn't near the squad anyway, so it's probably not a massive concern with Christopher Nordfeldt backing up uh, Freddie Woodman. You think it's going to be a roughly similar team, Carl Norton, to get the nod over Connor? <laughs> yeah, I wrote a piece on this yesterday, and I, I can't pick a team. It's, it's, it's incredibly difficult. I'd love to see him go with AU in the nine again, stick with Selena in the ten. And another one who probably we've, we've not mentioned yet, who deserves a lot of praise, was George Byers. He played alongside Matt Grimes in that holding role, and the pair of them were excellent, not just as a pair, but individually as well. So I'd like to see them stick together, as, as good as Jay Fulton was towards the earlier parts of the season. I just think Byers offers a little bit more all round. So um, as for that Kyle Norton Roberts one, I don't know. I mean, Big fan, big fan of Connor Roberts, but you know, I thought he actually had his best games. He, he played all right in the game against Stoke, which was you know a bad day for Swansea, but he individually I thought he was good, excellent in Wales's Euro qualifiers against um, Slovakia and then Croatia. So yeah, some some big calls, but not bad ones to have, Ali. Okay, heads on the block sign prediction, Tom. I'll go one one. I'm gonna go for a optimistic two one away win. Yeah, head says draw, heart says Swansea win. And I have to go with my head on this, I think I have to go for a draw. Score draw, 1 1. You losers. Nice to see you off your fence from last week. <laughs> um, nice of you not to mention that as well. Yeah, well true, yeah. Um, right, I think that's probably <laughs> a good place to finish. Uh, just to let you know, you can get your Swansea City news on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Swansea City online. And we'll be back next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers, all. Cheers.